All right, because three is a crowd, I'm here today, once again, back in the podcast closet, coming to you from Portland, Oregon, with Kelly. <laughs> I'm Daniel. How's it going, Kelly? Uh, I was on the edge of my seat. I got then. lost in the um, Parks and Rec, um, making fun of NPR. Oh, right. And I was just trying to remember what- I'm whatever hobo standing in for whatever else hobo, and who was standing in for whoever yes. else hobo who was on vacation. I don't know why I'm using the word hobo, but- uh, you know, Hobo, you know, why not? Yeah. Well, we don't know their names. That's what I was like trying to, somewhere deep in the recesses of my brain, I'm sure it's there. Well, um, what's his name? Loves Silly Names, the guy. I know, uh, Mike Sure, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's like- Stacy Fleeb, although that's an office reference. Sure. God damn it. I know, see, but that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. I wanted this specific one, and I'll, I will can just play the clip. Here's, the clip. here's a song. Was it like a, a clip of uh, Aboriginal lesbians, yes, lesbians screaming or whatever? Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, wow, that's terrible. <laughs> oh, yes, they're awful, but you know, lesbians. Lesbians. <laughs> we have to do it. <laughs> Okay. Great show. It's a great show. Uh, anyways, for a moment, I got lost in the ambiance of this room, I know. and I felt like I was on NPR. Well, you know, I worked hard. So and then I'm we keep going. Glad that you appreciate that. It, it's I try great. To create a moment. It's it's lovely, and also it's uh, nearly the Fourth of July, and I was bitching about the weather being cold before. And guess what? I'm still living in that hell, everybody. <laughs> uh, how do people survive when it's June? It's July. It's currently July, mm-hmm. and it's like. 60 degrees outside. I love it. It's great for the podcast closet. Yeah. This would be insufferable to sit in yeah. if it was uh, any hotter. But um, anyways, we're here today not to talk about the weather. Uh, that will hopefully improve at some point. Uh, we are here today to talk about Bob. Dylan, did I ask you how you were, Kelly? You did. Did I? And I said I was on the edge of my seat. Edge of your seat. Because I was in suspense on whether or not you were going to introduce me. Mm, there you go. Well, I do want to introduce you still. Uh, I'll get to you in a minute. Uh <laughs> I will get to Kelly in one second, but this is a Bob Dylan podcast. I have been listening to Bob Dylan for most of my life. Kelly's heard roughly the same number of songs as the number of tiles that she would use if you were to kick off a game of Mahjong right now instead of podcasting this week. And I know nothing about Mahjong. We are going to listen to and talk about Drifters Escape. 150? If this was 150th episode, I would hope that there would be a little more pop. 144. Have you never played Mahjong? I played it on the computer. Computer, yeah. Yeah. I don't Did not I, understand the game. Did oh, no. Not. When the I was a child, so just clicking on it, just yeah, yeah. and see, seeing what happened. I definitely know how to do it, but I don't know how I would how you would set it up. Anyways, we're not here to talk about Mahjong, although we do talk about Mahjong a lot on this podcast. Do we? The Mahjong Parlor. Uh, Simple twist of fate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never forget. So <laughs> this is uh this is almost a Mahjong podcast. What is this is a 60%, 80% Bob Dylan hour? 80% Bob Dylan hour, 20%, nope, 15% Mahjong. The rest of it, the weather. Five percent weather from the Pacific Northwest during very specific times of the year. Um, no, Kelly, uh, how how's it how's it going? Before we talk about uh, Drifters Escape, a song that we have heard before on our twenty seventh episode, which was the record for John. Yeah, so. it's 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 good. We had a very good weekend. Spoilers yeah, we did. Later. Well, we definitely will have to talk about that. Um, 
Yeah, it's otherwise otherwise nice. I mean, we're doing this like right before the Fourth of July, so if there's fireworks, you might get a couple pops here. Oh my God, there was like an explosion, explosion earlier, like an hour ago. Oh, Not yeah. a, a fun firework explosion. No, like I heard something that over there, yeah. blew up or a huge thing fell down. Something happened. I think it was a huge thing falling over. It was enough to freak one of our dogs out again. Everyone's so. losing their fucking minds. Uh-huh. Before we get into the song, I'm going to do the context really quick since okay. it's it's really short. Uh, Bob Dylan wrote this song on a train going from New York to Nashville, Tennessee. Um, he was during he was, this was during the basement tape, so he left the basement tapes vibe that's going on with the band, and he is getting on a train by himself, and he's going off to record a record. Uh, as far as we know, there's like no crossover between John Wesley Harding World and the basement tapes. It's just two completely separate entities going all at once. Hmm. Um, I don't think there's really any evidence that, and that, you know, the band didn't play on this record. So he just went down to Tennessee to work with uh, Charlie McCoy and Kenny Buttry. Um, Studio A, Nashville, October seventeenth, nineteen sixty-seven. Five takes. We have two takes. One of the one of the takes is on the Blue Lake Series Volume Fifteen, traveling through. We listen to that. We also listen to the original, obviously, the one on the record. We also listen to one from the year 2000. The year 2000. This was released two years after the record when he was promoting Nashville Skyline, the next record. This came out as the B-side to the single, I Threw It All Away, which is from his next record. Hmm. So that's a weird thing. But I guess that happens all the time. So not that crazy. He played this song zero times live for 25 years. And then on April 30th, 1992, which is one day after, Sublime will never let you forget, April 29th, 1992. And that's the Rodney King verdict that day. And Bob Dylan said, hey, I'm going to write this song. I'm going to redo this song. So it kind of rekindled an interest in the song. He played it 256 times over the next, you know, 92 to uh, essentially 2005 is the last time he played it. So it's been a long time. Something we do not utilize enough is uh, Bob Dylan's movie, Masked and Anonymous. We almost never talk about it. I kind of, it's been a long time since I've watched it, but uh, he does play it on the movie. So like this song is featured in the movie and they're commenting, Bob Dylan plays a character called Jack Fate. Of course, Jack sure. Fate. And so, like, John Goodman, Luke Wilson, um, Penelope Cruz, what? Jeff Bridges, they're all- When did this come out? 2004. They're oh. com- yeah, they're commenting on the character as he's singing this song. Okay. This is for another day. But I am going to bring up- Have we up- ever talked about this? I think I've definitely brought it up before, but, okay. but I don't go to it enough. Cold Iron's Bound is probably, like, my one touchstone. Hmm. We definitely listen to a version- one of our outtakes, but that was episode four. So again, it's so long ago <laughs> that it like it was probably just on my mind at the time. But I just again, I forget that it's a thing. Anyways, he does play this song. I will bring up a quote between Luke Wilson and John Goodman later, uh, which is a weird sentence to say on a Bob Dylan show. But yeah, we listen to uh, you know multiple versions of songs. We listen to the two off the record. Uh, one is to take one on uh, the Billy Series Volume Fifteen, and obviously the one from 1967's John Wesley Harding. Uh, we did not watch Mass and Anonymous. That'll be a story for another time. Um, but we we did listen to a live version, though, uh, from Portsmouth, UK, September 5th of the year 2000. Pretty good version. Um, with that, along with our consistent Joan Baez cover, our uh, Jimi Hendrix this week, um, Patti Smith, you know, all the heavy hitters, regular people, nothing crazy this week. How did you feel about the song? How did those inform it at all? Which version did you like the best? Did you learn how to play the song? All that kind of shit. Wow. 
where to begin? Yeah, just uh, walk me through dissertation style. Okay, well. One paragraph at a time. I'm going to start with the beginning, which is, Ooh, you know, the song. From the, the Cosmos, album. Genesis. Yes, that's what I meant, Big Bang, you know. Nice. All that stuff. I think it's really fun. It's like punchy. Oh, the, the, the original song, yeah. Yeah. It's like a quick jam song. Yeah. You don't remember it from? Oh, absolutely not. Episode 27. No. This, but, we would have been about, yeah, August, I guess, 2017. Where were you there? <laughs> you were in the room. I, I have was, evidence that you were in the room. But what room was it? Well, you know what room it was. The bunker. No. Never forget the bunker. Was it? Yeah. It would have been the bunker. Did? Yeah. We spent like the first whole year at the bunker. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. Right. Yes. The bunker. The right. twelve foot right. story bunker. Right. Right. The, the place you the still go floor. to the bunker every day. Oh god. Uh, <laughs> I like that the harmonica the sounds like a train, which is fun because you know he wrote it on a train. I oh oh yeah. He does like a. Which is pretty. It's and, pretty nice. Uh, the bass is getting it. That's probably the best part. I mean, just the melding of the bass and the drums. They just like, oh my god, they're so simpatico. It's wonderful. Uh, it just felt really, really beefy. The the bass sound mm. it, like sounded like a tube at some points. It was very interesting, uh, and it's a little repetitive because it is kind of the same thing over and over again. Yeah, but it's mercifully super fast. short. Just very fast. it's there and then it's gone. Uh, I did learn how to play the song because it is like one and a half chords. Oh, good. Uh, I did not learn how to play it well, even though it's one and a half chords. So shade on me. Uh, it's in the key of A, standard tuning with a capo on the second fret, you know, and the chord is the G chord, and the other chord is a C over G chord, which is just a G chord with a C in the bass instead of a G in the bass, even though... If you get, if you know, you know. You know. I think. I mean, I don't even know, now that I've said it. Who knows? Anyway, okay, it kind of, kind of sounds like this. <laughs> and I can't even remember the strumming pattern. That's the bass. I know, but that's not right. I had it for like a second earlier. Yeah, yeah. And you really just do that forever. Yeah. Oh, the C over G chord. Except I cheat because I'm not going to do the actual chord because it's too hard to do. Yeah. Because look, look at this. Look at what my hand is doing. This contortion. It's just like fucking torture, man. I have to use all four. I can't even do it. My pinky and my ring I, finger can't even separate that far. Your middle finger is like trying to reach for the skies. Is it worth it? It can't be worth it. Is that worth it to have that, that little G in there? It sounds good. It's that a does, nice sound. It sounds beautiful. Not worth it. Not well, worth it. Bob would say it seems like it was. That's it forever for two and a half minutes. Hey, music. Yep. Who knew? Deceptively simple. It still sounds nice though. It's really the bass then and the drums that really yeah. kick the song. Yeah. Trying to learn the bass, here. but nobody put it a tab on there, so I kind of just felt that it. Which I don't know if that's right, but it's yeah. Fine. Oh yeah. Nope. I feel like that is a riff of a of a famous song. Probably. Yeah. Anyway, like, that's the song. It's fucking awesome. Thanks. That was better than the song itself. No, that's all. <laughs> Incorrect. Not true. Um, so you you like the first version? That's oh. the one you learn how to play. Excuse me while I adjust my mic very noisily. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about take one? The slower, slower down. That was the first, first version, first, uh, first take. 
I don't know. I liked it. I think I might like it better. more. I don't know. Do I? I think that Maybe. this. The, I think that why this song is so great is like I love those two versions. They are very distinctive, and you could definitely tell that take one is a lot slower, but it doesn't like it. Weirdly enough, doesn't harm. It's not it's, longer. It's almost like it's slower, but not longer. Yeah, and it's like fat, and it's like the fastness. Maybe it's like too fast, and yeah. then the slow is like maybe a bit too slow. Maybe there is like a Goldilocks. So I would say one of my criticisms situation. of just like the song period is his tone of voice because I think it gets like schmaltzy because he's really pleading, which I get it. Like it works for the narrative of the song, but like I don't super love that, and I think his voice is even more schmaltzy in the slower version. That being said, I like that the, the harmonica is subdued and. Yeah, it's beautiful. It sounds really good. It does. I, but I like them both. Like, I really do yeah. like this song, straight up. Yeah. Final verdict. I enjoy this song. The slow one is also good. It is also good. Yeah. I do want to hear the rest. So, just another in the vault type of thing. Maybe they're just false starts. I didn't really look up exactly how many takes. I mean, five total, but, you know, are there actually five takes? Um, what about the live version from the year 2000? Clearly, he's done a classic. Jimi Hendrix did this song better than me, so I'm going to do Jimi Hendrix's version of my song. But and- I would say... That it's way better than Jimmy's version. Mm. I personally do not like Jimmy's version. I think it's a bad Jimi Hendrix song and not yeah. a great interpretation of this song. Yeah. I like this Fair. live version with like getting that same effect where you're doing the cool guitar stuff, but it's yeah. just so much more harmonious. It just feels more natural. I don't yeah. know. The way like I like Jimi Hendrix and I definitely like his interpretation of All Along the Watchtower. Of course. That's a much better song. Yeah. He really elevated that. But Maybe just because it didn't sound like he super made it his own. It's like he jimmyfied it, but not really. And because it's not that interesting of a song. I agree. Like, I, it's a weird choice. weird choice. All Along the Watchtower is so much more rich to like play with and so much cooler. That's why you can do neat guitar shit to it. It makes it sound like a big story versus yeah. like this. I don't know what it is. Anyway, I like Bob's live version going through the, the lens of Jimi Hendrix yeah. way better than Jimi Hendrix is actually. Well, actual I would say version. that like listening to him do All Along the Watchtower today. Jimmy's is so iconic that it's overshadowed immediately. But this, I mean, he he did this right before he died. So was this ever supposed to see the light of day? It is on what? The Saturn soap opera, whatever the hell. Yeah, right. I mean, it's one. it's like, this was May of 1970. South he, Saturn Delta. Yeah, so he died before this came out. It's like all these artists have tons of stuff just lying about. Right. Who doesn't cover Bob Dylan? Like, the you know, he would do it. He would cover Bob Dylan. It just is what it is. And I think we're just so bereft and we want so much from Jimmy that right. like we're going to put this out and yeah, I'm with you I'm like eh, it's fine you know it's kind of like you're doing the same thing as you did with All Along the Watchtower but just to not as great not, success not as good yeah and also sure. like I, I, I think that that Drifter and All Along the Watchtower same record uh, I don't think they're one right after the other but they're two two apart on the record um, I think that they're both great circuitous songs like like this one here there's a there's a narrative we're going to go through it in a second but it is like kind of a mysterious weird Thing like I think the two songs are like great songs to pick because you can just go off and go crazy. I mean, he did such a good job with um, All Along the Watchtower, but yeah, this one almost feels like a copy paste. Cast is rude. 
Probably just not as polished. Really. So what's his deal with Bob? I also don't think that it was with the band. So like I, the, all along the Watchtower, maybe I'm wrong like about this. I think that he did that with the experience. And at this point, he's playing you know, with the band of gypsies and everything. And that's like where he was at in the last days. And so it's kind of like the music wasn't that much different than the experience, but it was definitely not the same. So I just wonder if uh, we probably wouldn't have seen this until right now if Jimmy had lived. I mm-hmm. doubt this was going on a record. But, yeah. you know, back in the day, they just kind of threw everything on there. So you really can't you can't tell. Were these the only two songs of Bob's that he covered? Uh, I think he did like a Rolling Stone as well. That's okay. in there somewhere. So what's his deal with Bob Dylan? Do you just like Bob Dylan a lot? Well, it's Bob Dylan. I mean, Ed, that's kind of the yeah. thing to do, especially early yeah. Bob is, I mean, the bird's whole career is. Yeah, <laughs> well, he he loved Bob and there's like a great photo of him like holding the, I think it's bringing it all back home CD. He's like right. smiling, like holding it up. He's, he's fucking chuffed, man. He's stoked. Same with the Beatles. Uh, you know, I don't know. It's like, it's hard to. It's hard to ascertain. I mean, I don't think they, I think they've met. I think that they knew one another, or I, I think so. I'm not 100% if they ever did or not. Hmm. Although I would assume they would. I mean, this is like, he lived in the, into the 1970 itself. So, like, he was definitely around. I just think he liked Bob. I think hmm. they, everybody loved Bob. I think it's as simple as that. <laughs> and they all respect Bob and they respect the band. And, you know, I think that's pretty much it. I'm sure that he went to go see him live when he came out in the. In the mid '60s, I, I'm, if I were to bet, I, but I don't know. I don't know what. Uh, I don't know where Jimmy was. I don't know his entire exact biography because he was born in Seattle, right? But like he was in Europe for a long time, right. so I just don't know when he was there versus here. Mm-hmm. I just don't know enough about Jimmy. You'll have to stay tuned for the Jimi Hendrix hour. Nope. It's not happening, <laughs> apparently. Although a lot less albums, if you just go by that official, but go by official records, that's a a lot less work to do. But we do enjoy that. I, I'm with you. I really liked Bob's uh, live version. I thought it was really cool. It's great to hear. Um, you know, twenty. We just saw Bob live, so it was really cool to see that version of a band live. Very different from the band uh, that we got to see, but not in a bad way. It's like just to- two totally different bands. Um, but I do respect that. Um, yeah, just to kind of clear out housekeeping stuff, like the Kenny Buttry uh, and and Charlie McCoy are on bass and drums for John Wesley Harding, and then for that live band, it's uh, Charlie Sexton, Larry Campbell, Tony Garnier, and Dave Kemper on drums, and Garnier, of course, on bass, and then the two on guitar. Just want to shout them out because I thought they did a great job. Harmonica solo on that is super fun. This is just a great harmonica week. I just got to say, we had harmonica on every version. You love a harmonica. We don't always get harmonica much anymore. So uh, so Jimmy's was, you know, speaking about Bob's live and Jimmy and all of that, Joan Baez, it's just kind of, it's kind of our thing now. We put Joan Baez on there. Her version is probably not going to be enjoyed by you, I'm going to guess. See, left turn. Ah, oh, Jesus. And then Patti Smith is way slower. Yeah, so comparing the album version to the covers, which is yeah. the only fair thing to do, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I am. I have been bemoaning Jones' additions to our playlist for everyone that we've done recently, and I gotta say, this was great musically. Yeah. I think it's the best version. Okay. I think she like more Bobified. I think her and Patty Smith both made a more Bob Dylan version of this song, which is hilarious. But like sure. adding the organ, adding the piano, and the way there's strings that come in towards the end of Jones' version that like she implemented them so well. She so wants to go to Saccharin. Yeah, that's her move. Let's go, Saccharin. Sure. I think just the nature of her voice, right? That you have that timbre of your voice. It's like hard to, yeah, not do it. But I, I could not believe how well they did the strings. So it was just like these short little, j- 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 yeah. little bursts instead of like, 
trying to pull these long bows and make you feel sad and stuff. But and it was for the song, and so she good. also has a bad. I'm with you on that. I'm I like it for the most part, but she does choose weird songs to try to make you feel sad. On if she tried to make me feel s- sad on Drifter's Escape, I think that's bizarre. The song is just not. I don't. I don't have any of those kind of feelings. Oh wow! I don't want to be. Okay. Do you have those feelings? Okay, well, we'll, we'll get yeah, into wait. it. Yeah. All right, we'll uh, get into it. We'll get into it. Patty Smith, though, I was the most plaintive, I thought. Her piano was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, I really, really liked her. But again, I like, I like a more Bob version. I don't know. I feel like... And that was from 2012. So like at least uh, temporary, contemporaneous with uh, with Bob is Joan in 1968. Pa- Patty Smith is doing a Bob Dylan mm-hmm. cover. So yeah, I kind of like that idea, though, that she's taking... Bob Dylan, who's had another 40 years of work, and she can go in there and sort of interpret that song mm-hmm. through her like obsessiveness with being a Bob Dylan, you know, not only confidant, but, you know, fan. Um, and I think she she did a stellar job. Yeah. Because I think I, you're like, right about that. I kind of... It's so funny because you, yeah. like, I come to expect these things from a Bob Dylan song, like the organ being such a big set piece. And it's just like she made the yeah. a Bob Dylan song out of what sure. it was. a, And obviously it is a Bob Dylan song and it still has his flavor, but... What I've come to expect from those, you know, the bigger band pieces. Yeah. Not the band, but no, this no, was yeah. a full band. Yeah. Well, and this was, and, and, and uh, the, John Wesley was an explicit rebuke to that, obviously. So it's like, I'm, I'm going a different way from Blonde on Blonde and mm-hmm. those big band stuff. So, yeah, I think it's cool to bring that in. And I think that's what Jimmy kind of brings, too. It's like, that was only a couple of years after mm-hmm. as well. So, like, he's still, he's bringing the, the heat, the fire. Yeah. You know, Bob's doing little country Country Bob here, and they're like, now nah, we're going to keep going with the rock. Yes. And these songs are still stellar, and we can still do it. I, I respect that. I think they, they all do a great job. So I think, officially, that Joan Baez's version for the music like is my favorite. Patti Smith's version is my favorite for the vocal. Yeah. So if we could get Patti Smith to sing Joan Baez's version of this song. With Jimmy on there. Jimmy doesn't need to be there. But he can bring, he like... He can stay back. He can bring, Least like, a, version for sure. <laughs> he can bring like, a more plaintive, softer guitar. Oh, but he can still solo. I want to bring him back to life, Kelly. Okay, well, that's a different question. <laughs> I just want to see what he would say. Well, I want to talk about the song itself. Uh, just go over a couple key points. Um, not to belabor anything. Um, this will probably be uh, relatively short. I'm thinking. Um, there's a couple of influences that I influences that I see at play before I ask you what the narrative of the song is. We did this episode before before Seven Curses expanded universe. Mm-hmm. This is definitely a Seven Curses song. Mm. I can't. I, musically, we're gonna have to no. fight. But now, lyrically, see, yes. Musically, yes. Lyrically, yeah. yes. All of it. Uh, it has the drifter, loner, cowboy, outlaw, whatever you want to call this character. Famous archetype. This is we talked about Hank Williams at the end of last week. Same thing here, Luke the Drifter. You know, that's that's all here, and I think that's really cool. The Kafka esque world. You know, everybody's gonna talk about Kafka. Michael Gray talks about Alice in Wonderland. Like, there's rhyme schemes and stuff that. Um, he sort of equates to Lewis Carroll. So it's like, 
it's a weird world. It's kind of an upside downy world. And even with the Seven Curses expanded universe, in that the judge was the main bad guy, and in this one we have like a sympathetic judge. So it's like the whole world that Bob is always like writing about is sort of inverted, and I find that to be really interesting. And I think that kind of leads to this: what is this person being arrested for? What are they being tried for? What is going on? That kind of element. It also has what every um, Bob Dylan fanatic that loves to um, insert their insatiable desire to make every song about his life. This is mm. another great song that you could, I think it's better than other songs that you can actually put on to be like, this is a song that Bob Dylan is writing about himself. Really? I think you could make that case. Yeah. <laughs> Which we'll get into. And then finally, you know, as we talked about in episode 27, an ambiguous moral lesson at the heart of John Wesley Harding. I think that's the the main reason this song to me is an all timer. just like uh, all along the watchtower. It just, there's not an easy answer. There is not one answer. It kind of is totally up to you. And I find that to be fascinating. Yeah. So, I mean, the story is a guy is being tried for a crime. We do not know what it is, Mm -hmm. but he is seemingly found guilty. And the crime must have been pretty serious because it also seems that he's being put to death. To death. Immediately. Immediately. Following the, the verdict. There is no sentencing. It's just implied, well, you're guilty, so now you must... Hang? I don't know. But there's a nurse no, no, and an so attendant, the, a nurse which makes attendant. it seem very lethal injection-y to me. I have some questions. Yeah, please, please. <laughs> so, question the first. Yes. When the judge says, oh. you fail to understand, why must you even try? Is he talking to the jury or is he talking to the drifter? Well, the judge cast his robe aside. A tear came to his eye. You fail to understand, he said. Why must you even try? Outside the crevice story. That's a good question. Again, I think... And I, I would guess he's talking to the drifter. Okay. Right, because they seem to be having a conversation. Okay. Because I want to know what I've done wrong. But then, you know, again, he doesn't have to really even be addressing them at all. Right, because then the judge is stepping down. He's sad. The judge is sympathetic. But do we have any like proof that they've actually talked to each other? I heard the drifter say as he carried it out. My trip has been a pleasant one. He's just pontificating. My time it isn't long, and I still do not know what it is that I've done wrong. Okay, and then well, the judge he came in. A tear came to his eye. You fail to understand, he said. Why? Why must you even try? What do you think? I don't know. I mean, that's I didn't even didn't even question it that he was talking to the drifter. But okay, but I don't know if that's that's not definitive. Because he could be. Because, I mean, in my head, the, the judge is. Oh, I guess I guess it makes sense he's talking to the drifter because the drifter does say, what did I even do wrong? Right. Like, why don't you get why you didn't do wrong? Okay, fair enough. And you fail to understand. You know, why yeah. must you even try? Like, what? Try to understand? I mean, and that kind of speaks to the world, right? Why even try? Why even try to understand what you're here for? Well, it doesn't matter. Or it doesn't matter what you're, you're here for. You're guilty. Yeah. You're guilty. You're a sinner. You're a sinner. Sure. And then we get the twist of the lightning. Second question. Lightning. Yep. Is the lightning actual lightning or is the lightning an electric chair? I, these are all great questions. <laughs> I think that's those are awesome. I wasn't thinking about it in a, in an execution style. I was thinking more like this has very much like lynch mob vibes to mm-hmm. me where it's like we're, you know, at the at the end of the era of the lynch mob, the the South had gone through the cycle of trying to make this acceptable for wide society and the last thing they tried to do was run through a sham trial mm. you know have the fake trial and then whoops the cop 
tripped on his shoelaces and he lost track of the guy and that guy gets taken in by the crowd and hung, you know? But, oh, the cops can't possibly mm. get him back. But we tried him, though. He's guilty. He was found guilty by his peers. So for me, that's my... Because all the people outside, right? You know, outside the crowd was stirring. That's right. what happened. You know, you're basically waiting, chomping at the bit for that person to walk out, grab him, kill him. Jesus. Right? I mean, that's what it was That's what it was like. <sighs> say it's still like that. Um, but... Um, so I, I, I never I never thought about the the lightning being being that, but what would you what would the narrative be in that? Because he gets away. Is third, that death? Third question. Okay. <laughs> please, please. If the lightning is an electric chair, is the drifter's escape the final escape into death? If the lightning oh, is actual lightning, is it just that it did weirdly strike the church and the crowd at that yeah. time, allowing him to escape? What do you think? I like it narratively like as a fun story better as him getting electrocuted to death mm, yeah um i mean we do uh, that's come up in a lot of our songs where it's like he could be just dead yeah and this could all be that's i mean that's really my big question i'll just skip right to it like my biggest question actually i'll go to mass and anonymous this is john goodman and luke wilson talking right. in the bob dylan movie uh as they're playing the song we've got penelope cruz and she is like what is this movie? And she's like, Bob Dylan, not Bob Dylan, Jack Fate. He's so un, he's so unknowable. Uh, all of his songs are so uh, uh, ambiguous. I'm basically commenting on the ambiguity of this song, which I think is pretty fair. I think you can read this however you want. Um, but then Luke Wilson is standing next to John Goodman. John Goodman, I think, is like the, uh, as far as I remember, he's like um, kind of like the Albert Grossman character, like he's the agent. Okay. You know? So he's kind of, he's ostensibly with Bob, like the main character, and Jeff Bridges as well. So John Goodman asks Luke Wilson what he thinks the song is about. Luke Wilson says that he does know what the song is about. He says, yeah, it's about trying to get to heaven, trying to get to heaven. You got to know the route before you start out. And then John Goodman said, no, that's not what it's about. And then kind of goes into some plot stuff. But then at the end, it hinged on, he said, and I really like this line, he said, it's about doing good by manipulating the forces of evil. Hmm. And that got me thinking about like the entire the deus ex machina, right, which is the lightning strike that either kills because it's not lightning. It's actually the forces of technology and mass murder by the state to kill our our boy. Mm-hmm. Right. And so all the people sitting down to pray, I, I could see it like they're praying because the lightning went and they are pious. I, the piety of our of our people in this story, I don't think it'd be questioned like they have they're fearful of God. Yeah. And so. If you're taking someone's life, you would imagine that these people would take that seriously. So I can still see that or in your version. Or even at least in like a feigning being good Christians totally. that you want to pray for their soul to go where it Correct. should go or whatever, you know? Correct. Absolutely. So yeah, taking that into account too makes makes it kind of interesting. I, I, I wrote here just about like – the key question to me is the deus ex machina, if it's not, if it's not the, uh, the chair and it is an actual lightning mm-hmm. and the drifter does get away and we take that for literal – is the deus ex machina God or is it the devil, mm. right? Because I like what he's saying about doing doing good by manipulating the forces of evil. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. What if – because in my head I was like, if the forces are good, then are – by dying, is that not freeing him from the world? And this lightning strike that lets you get away, is that – could that not be interpreted as punishment? Do you get to have to stay on this world? Right. I mean, maybe he wants to go. Maybe the crime was heinous. Maybe he shouldn't be getting out. Mm. And maybe what he did was truly terrible. And 
we don't know, right? So we don't know how to read that last scene where he gets out. It could be an unleashing of a terrible scourge on the world, right? I mean, he could be doing something bad. And then conversely, if it is the devil that's freeing him, are we already in hell, right? And is like, this is the bad place. And then I got down like the sort of um, Paradise Lost world where it's like, you know, the Sisyphus with the boulder, like, is this drifter? Is he in hell? And is he like repeating this event over and over and over again? And like everybody's resigned to their parts. Like the judge seems resigned. It's only like the people that are kind of crazy, but it just seems like everything happens so weirdly and the lightning is strange and everybody getting down on their knees to like pray for like either pray out of fear or, or, or reverence to God. If that's God bringing that the lightning down, I don't, I don't know. I can't read anything into the people. And I think that's what makes it a really great song. Does any of that make sense? Yeah, I guess the why it seems a little more straightforward to me is the judge's reaction and the nurse's reaction. The nurse and the attendant. If, in fact, the person was not guilty, why would the judge be torn up about it? Right? Like, or if the crime was so heinous that they should be put to death, why would the judge be torn up, sure. torn up about it? So, to me, it must be that they are wrongfully being convicted of something that they either did not do or was not as bad as oh, sure, sure. It, it seemed to be. I mean, obviously, if you want to go immediately to the lunch mob thing, it's clearly could be something as simple as uh, a black up. kid winking at a yes. or whistling at a, a white girl, and Girl. then now he's and that's, murdered. You know? Well, so, and you know, you have those mandatory minimums, too. There's plenty of, like, viral videos of judges being like, I don't agree with what I, what I have to do today, but I have to sentence you to 50 years in jail because, that's because you minimum. stole this thing and you have three strike law yeah. and she's like, I disagree with this and I hate this, but my hands are tied. So, I mean, you could read the judge like that too, where yeah. some things happened well, and it's too exactly transgressive. To. Yeah, yeah. It's too transgressive on the society, but I, I, what can I do? Mm-hmm. And that calls into big questions. Like what is justice then? Okay. What's even the point of all of this? Like, what are we even doing? And if, and if the mob is the one with that's that meets out the justice vigilante style, that can't be good. We can't condone that, right? But again, we don't know what the drifter did. Mm-hmm. That leaves a lot of open questions. And but then if you get to like the that spiritual element of it too, it's just like, is the drifter being here or alive or dead? What's the better option? What, what is actual freedom for him? Like, is his life, I mean, assuming it's a he. It does say he. It does. Okay, yeah. so is his life Maybe he wanted to go. Maybe he wanted to be killed or whatever was going to be his fate. And then he saw the lightning. And then I loved seeing at the end, too, where, like, all these people get down to pray. And I just I want to know what's going through his head where it's like, does he have the fear of God in his own heart? Or does he think that the devil or God is on his side and so he knew this was going to happen? Because he just calmly and coolly just bounces. And I wonder in his head if he's just like... You guys are all fucking losers. I think that's a good read. This is a Fian angle of it. Yeah. And if this is, in fact, a punishment for everyone but the Drifter, right? Mm-hmm. So this is – the Drifter is just maybe even like a magical character, right, that is a yeah. a, a hand of God or whatever you want sure. to put into him. And he shows up in a town after committing – we don't know for sure if he did or not. Yeah. But it's an, assumed and implied that he has done a terrible thing. So the real test is of the judge, of the nurse, of the, the crowd gathered, their reactions. And that in that moment is when they're judged, how they judge him. So it has yeah. nothing to do with the drifter. And then he, sure. he starts again, like wake up the next day, do it again. So it's just like he's yeah. this moving test, this moving moral test yeah. from town like to that. town, from like time and space, whatever. Well, that fits our Seven Curses Expanded Universe for sure. Yeah. I mean, just like theoretically. But I love that. I love the idea of like the drifter as just a totem for your own. I mean, we are living in a pretty um, crazy times in our life. And it's like 
you seeing these things with with court cases and shit like that as being a reflection on the society at large right. is something I think a lot of people today especially can get very on board with. And I agree. Like I mean it's probably a song more about the supposed piety of these people mm-hmm. and what they're willing to do to uphold whatever values are at hand, which we don't know much about. But I mean, I think that's why I can't wait to, to do all on the watchtower. Cause I, again, I think these two like weirdly intertwine with each other. And like that song is so weird and mysterious too. And that's got like this dread, right? Cause we're just looking out waiting for these horsemen to arrive. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what is that about? Is that the drifter? What is the drifter? Mm-hmm. Who is the drifter? Right? I mean, love it. I fucking love it. And again, I don't think there's an easy answer to this, but I think I, I like what you were saying there about the moving goalpost. I think it's really interesting. That's a cool idea. If it's part of along the watchtower, that this is like fun. some omen, like someone's caught wise to the fact that this is a this person's just a tool of the gods, <sighs> and now they're ready to fucking fight him with everything they've got. That'd be very cool. I mean, I just again, I love the idea of that lightning hitting and him not even being phased. They all fall to their knees in shock, and he's just like, he just walks away. About fucking time. <laughs> yeah. Like I could have had, you could have got me out of here ten minutes earlier. What the <laughs> fuck, bro? Like I love that idea where yeah. it's like, you know, God's like, sorry, buddy. I was a little tied up. <laughs> my son. Jesus. Got to take care of my son. Uh, uh, yeah, so I think, I just want to make sure I've got, yeah, I mean, that's kind of covered all that for also, sure. Also, another thing yeah. with the lyrics yeah. that I forgot to mention, no one really changed them. Bob doesn't change them from version to version, and no one Slight that covered changes. it. Yeah, but they're like they're tense, and they're ten, like tense-wise, like yeah. haven't or have, you know. Non-substantive. Non-substantive. Which is interesting. It is For a song that's so distinct, only three verses. Yeah. It's so funny that nobody, they felt, people Messed must have felt that it was good enough yeah. the way that it was. Like, it was ambiguous enough or interesting enough whatsoever to just go on. That's why I think along the Watchtower, too, I, the, nobody's fucking with those lyrics. Yeah. I mean, nobody's nobody's adding anything. No one's doing anything. I'd almost say it's sacrilegious. But this one, too. I mean, Clinton Halen had a great, had a great quote here. He said, uh, uh, Dylan had found a way to tell a five-act story in just three verses. Yeah. And I think that's totally true. This is yeah. like, the cinematic quality is great. I mean, we've listened to like Highlands, you know, long songs that are cinematic almost because they're long. Right. But it, to be able to do that same trick with nothing. Genius. He's a genius. God damn it. Uh, I hate to say it. Uh, you heard it here first, everybody. Uh, yeah, the Kafka stuff is, is pretty interesting. We obviously have our own like mobs today. And you could easily glom these people onto, like I said, the Supreme Court cases or whatever sort of religion angle you want to bring into that. Um, or, you know, just like, you know, Twitter mobs and stuff like that. I sure. mean, we have all kinds of stuff. I think that's why another reason why this song kind of can it, even just hearing it so short. You can make up your mind, whatever you want the song to be about. It could be anything. Um, and then finally, like I was bringing up that the classic Dylan fans being Dylan fans. And like this is one that even Robert Shelton, you know, wrote about the lightning being almost like the motorcycle. Like, I mean, mm. him basically, I mean, you can definitely read the song where Bob Dylan's the drifter. The mob are all the fans that are telling him what they want him to do. Right. And he's obviously sure. taking a 180 the other way. And it's kind of like the codification of like the. Uh, basement tapes that don't really exist. He's just hanging out playing with his friends. I, he never really thought that it was going to be a thing, you know? So this is his first like actual artistic statement, if you will, post Blonde on Blonde, post, you know, the motorcycle accident, right? So Robert Shelton reads that, the lightning as Bob, whatever that means, you know, uh, breaking free or crashing, you know? I guess even in his metaphor, it's ambiguous, right? Because it's either the motorcycle has freedom which is the whole idea behind like Highway 61 Revisited or 
it's a crash, like another crash and burn is coming or something like that. So, but I don't know. Um, I, again, I think if you're a Bob Dylan fan that likes to do that stuff, I think this is a, this is a pretty easy one to, hmm. because then Bob Dylan gets to be the hero. The drifter is sure. obviously super fucking cool. <laughs> Nobody wants to be the jury, like crying and fucking screaming in fear of God, you know, like. No, I'd be the judge. For the sure. judge sounds pretty cool, but he's not that fleshed out either. He's just kind of like... No, but see, even that, I think, is an achievement because I agree with him. Mm. Like, I empathize with that guy who's mm. like, fuck, this is terrible. I can't believe all you guys picked to do this. Fuck this. And he throws his robes down and leaves. That's true. That's true. Well, and I and I did know, too, like, the, the nurse and the attendant, I, again, did not put it into an actual execution chamber, but I was like, they're the only ones with agency. And again, what is justice where the judge is the one that throws his robes aside, but it's the the nurse and the attendant who I see as women too, is like just bystanders. These are just people. They're the only ones speaking up for mm-hmm. our drifter. Yeah. They're the only ones that seem to be appalled by this. I mean, the judge is appalled. We can read maybe into that, but he's more resigned to fate. Yeah. And just what does that say about the society at large? And so I think it's brave of our nurse and attendant to be like, yeah, I mean, you convicted him. What the fuck's him, so you, wrong with you, you guys? You have to kill him. Like, it's bad enough you guys convicted him of something that maybe he did not do, mm-hmm. but now you're immediately trying to get It's blood. ten times worse. And it's that's where the... Immediately. And that's where, like, to me, the lynch mob thing comes in. Because, like, yeah. what you're about to do is ten times worse than even the state killing this man. Mm-hmm. Right? Because it's just another another level, obviously. So not not great uh, looks from our, our, our friends here. Um, any other thoughts on the on the... The narrative itself, or, or no, any, it's uh... cool to have a song that seems pretty straightforward with enough in it to be interesting. Yeah. It is an achievement. I think that this is a, a a good song. It's succinct, man, it in every way. Musically, it, it comes and it goes. It's just like here and then it's gone. It's great and it's punchy the whole time. And the story is just so tight. Yeah, great. Love well, it. Good job. Great job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is. Uh, I think a lot of people, you know, when you see it online, people talk about it. This is always a sleeper for people. I mean, this. And, I could see that. I would imagine. Yeah. This. This and all along the watchtower. And I'm like, I, you want to be the brave one to say this is better than all along the watchtower. But I don't think I'm. No. I think I'm too cowardly to to do that. But it, it's close. It's like so close to me, and both of them are just really short. Four verses in that case. Another two minute song in and out. Is it really that short? It is that short. God, I guess the Jimi Hendrix record. really does like. Well, he goes off. He, <laughs> yeah. he, but he, he, you know, he really elevates it. But Bob's is so subdued and and scary. Like I don't think I don't think of Jimmy's as scary. I think of Jimmy's as like heroic. Heroic, exactly. Yeah. It's almost like a fucking changing of the guards, you know. But but Bob's is just like there's a dude out there. And we're scared of the drifter. I'm going to say it's a drifter now. It's, and that is 100. <laughs> Let's see if we a, remember that. Uh, a Seven Curses uh, song for sure. Uh, but anyways, yeah. So the Lone Outlaw. I mean, I won't go into it here. But like you know, the whole thing with Hank Williams too. I think that's interesting. Um, I mean, it noted here, Shelton, when writing about the song and the Lone, um, his uh, Luke the Drifter character, he would usually use that for religious themes. So whenever he would sing about religion, it would often be from the guise of the music industry. So Luke the Drifter is like kind of a parody of Hank Williams, right? So like he can write about the excesses of this world and sort of bring it back to religion, which I do think if you want to read it from a Dylan angle and he's writing about himself, then it does make sense that he could be the Drifter if Luke the Drifter, and he loves Luke the Drifter and Hank Williams, you know, they're the same person. Um, And you could see him using that kind of lens to talk about like religious themes, right? And but the moral of the story, I think, is probably the more interesting part. Like, what is the moral here? That people can do terrible things. And, mom and, and to watch the fuck bad. out? Or, but do you need to 
be on the right side of God? Like, do you need to hmm. get real, get right with God? Like, I mean, is the drifter, did he survive because he was on the right side of things? Mm-hmm. Or did he? Well, I'm not convinced he survived. That, amen. Yeah. So, I mean, so the, the moral here is very, very vague. <laughs> I mean, the, the album is a, is filled with morals. And you can go listen to me try to work my way through every song's moral. I had to forget what I said uh, for this one. I should have looked it up. But, um... Oh, yeah, but you I, did do that. But I think they're vague. I mean, I think like one like this is very – it's up to you. It's up to you. I think if you have a religious bent, I think that you might see this a bit differently. Hmm. If, if you do see this as like divine providence and the, and the Drifter character is almost a messiah character, then I think you can see it all very differently, right? Because then you're getting away from the wicked Sodom and Gomorrah. That could be where we're at, right? This hmm. town could be in need of a smiting. And that, that the, they think that they're praying to the god, but the god – has turned on them, right? And they, he has sided with the drifter, yeah. which I think is, is sexy. I like that. That's fine. But we, you need more, uh, obviously. Uh, does this song work in today's year of our Lord, 2022? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Patty Smith one was pretty recent. It has to, yeah. Um, and I like Bob's live version from 2000. I think that yeah. it sounds... Of now, yeah, but also Dylan, yeah, I think it, yeah, sure. And folk country still around. I still think that that shit sounds fresh. Um, I mean, I think everything's dated, and we know it's dated, so it's hard not to, yeah, to make that case. But like, I still think there are people that strive for the for the bass and the drums to sync up like that, and to have punchy ass songs that are short, sweet, and tell a fucking whole story without being cliche written and boring. And I think this one just avoids all of it. This is such a void in my music listening. Yeah. This, like, any country adjacent mm. anything is yeah. not something I go for. Right. And I think that it's probably instructive for me to maybe start doing that just yeah. so I have a, a real relevant comparison to what is, in fact, something people are doing today yeah. in 2022 versus my theoretical and... sure. If not 30 years removed from today as being modern, because like my brain immediately goes to early 90s country. Well, sure. Well, but even <laughs> the early like 90s was, was trying to bring back something, too. Like in the 80s, the, you know, you can go back and like from what I understand about that, too, is like bringing back the fiddles, bringing back sort of the things that they were doing in the 60s and 70s mm-hmm. that had, that was kind of gone. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, then they, they did experiment they with a lot of They just wanted to go back like, to save a horse, ride a cow. <laughs> well, I would say no, they didn't. I mean, I would say that's like excess. Uh, like those yeah. are the bad But that's stuff. kind of what I think of. Yeah. But that's like in the 2000s, though. Oh, I think. Really? I don't remember. Oh, maybe. They definitely had their dumb song. Not comparable. That's the thing. Not comparable. No, I don't think any of that's comparable. But no, but you. But they're still alt country. Like a, a Wilco could could make a song like that today. Mm. And, you know, depending on where Wilco is, they have got, they, just like with Bob, they have tons of iterations of themselves. And their newest record that they put out, I think Cruel Country is what it's called, is a lot more alt. It's like kind of a return to that alt country form. But they also have these crazy art rock records. Like they're a weird band. So it's hard to talk about a band as prolific as like a, a Wilco or something like well, that's that where what it I'm doesn't saying. work. I, file not found. File not found. Four. This is the problem yes. for me. I have no reference. All reference I really have to anything modern yeah. in an old country space is things that I've listened to because of you. Sure. So it's like Sturgill Simpson Oh, sure, sure. and that other guy that's on everything that's the son of the one guy who re- OD'd recently Towns Oh, yeah. Earl. Justin Towns Earl. Yes. Yeah. R.I.P. Uh, 
which don't sound anything like this. No, and they, and those two are also very different from each other. Well, that's too. what I'm saying. I know. I know. It's a, it's a lot. Well, I mean, <laughs> those are my only touch. I know, but you're but you you are fans of genres too, where it's like, how do you explain the minute to a layman? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, you get yeah, into totally. like punk rock too. It's like, yeah, yeah. no, we you got to do it's a course punk. on this. What's wrong with you? You got to do a course on this yeah. because it, that's the fun of it, I think. Yeah. But you can still imagine a song as tight as this. There's got to be people out there that do like. That again, I don't even think it's a country twang necessarily, but you can you can see the what is effective about this song, especially the bass and the drivingness mm-hmm. of it all. You know, it, I don't. You might not have the touchdown musically. I don't know if I do totally, but like I, I got to imagine that there are people out there that would love to recreate that feeling mm-hmm. and what that sounds like. Is that like the hottest music today? No, but are there people out doing it? Fuck yeah! I mean, yeah. but people are out there making anything. Um, so I guess the, the argument's kind of moot, right? Because yeah. they'll just people make everything. Yeah. Well, then why do we even have this question? Uh, I guess <laughs> this is the end. The retiring this is the end work today. of the podcast. Um, yeah. Anyways, I mean, I think I've said everything I need to say right there. I mean, yeah, this song fucking works. The song slaps. This song is an all timer. Um, I think it's one of my it's one of those great songs from this era, especially the late 60s, where like Nashville Skyline doesn't have a whole lot of highs. But everything like post uh, basement tapes here. This record is so good. I love this record so much. And it's awesome that we've already done it. And I'm glad we got to listen to this again. And I can't wait to get it all on the watch now. Yeah, that's it's all I'm going to say. We are also people in the world this week living our lives. You can follow us everywhere intermittently at SOTW, at SOTWpod.com, at SOTWpod on Twitter, uh, Instagram, you know, places where people go. You can send us messages, um, you know, tell us about instruments, tell us about cool stuff you're doing in your life, tell us about alt country. Yeah, uh, tell me specifically. Yeah, that's it. Let her know. You can do that. We also have a playlist ourselves at See That My Playlist Is Kept Clean, and that's live wherever we are in time. You can listen to whatever songs we're listening to, my friends, which is a lot of fun. Uh, You can also search every Spotify with the name of the song title and SOTW Pod or SOTW, whatever. You'll find us on there. We're also on our show notes, SOTWpod.com, Patreon as well, $1.00. Please, you, thank you. You can have an episode. You sponsor an um, episode. We'll say your name and we we'll say it's your fault. Say it's your fault. Or intriguing? shit, man. Okay, what so. if you get all along the watchtower? Anyways, we also, like I said, do the playlist. And this week's playlist was uh was pretty good. I it definitely it had a, a whole lot of one. had a whole lot of uh hitters. We kind of are oscillating between completely random new people mm-hmm. and people that are already on here. I think it's mostly my fault because I, I've been saving these songs for years. Uh, Every time I listen to a song, yeah. like I'm a Drifter by Dolly Parton, when I was going through my Dolly Parton, you know, walkthrough, I'm just, I'm on the, I got my ear out here. So I see Drifter. I'm like, I see Drifter. That thing is going, I just copy paste, copy paste, pop it into the, into my notion and you're, you're good to go. Mm-hmm. So I've just, you know, I think I rely on that a little bit too much, unfortunately. So, um, this playlist was, was cool, but a lot of old people, uh, cursive for the fourth time. 
Driftwood, a fairy tale. Have you ever listened to that album? Nope. I think we've had this conversation before. I've never listened to Cursive. Oh, my God. King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard for the third time. Sleep Drifter, excellent song. Same was... album, too, right? I think the, the other album, the other, maybe not. Ooh, I think we've done oh, okay. different ones for every, every gotcha. one. And they just came out with a new record two weeks ago. Uh, Beastie Boys for the fifth time. High Plains Drifter. It's so funny. It's ridiculous. We've had five Beastie Boys songs. I know. They're kind of just under the radar, uh, including this one. This one's definitely not one I think about all the time. Nope. Uh, Choker for the second time. I beat you to it. Drift. Uh, Dolly Parton for the seventh time. I'm a drifter. Excellent. We love Dolly Parton. We're not going to deny it. Jimi Hendrix for the sixth time with Drifters Escape. Patti Smith for the second time. Drifters Escape. Uh, Gatsby's American Dream. Uh, I just have re-listened to this album Multiple times this week, Volcano uh, from 2005. Uh, Your Only Escape, this is the second time for them. Uh, they are no longer a band, but I do love them so much. Um, My Brightest Diamond for the second time with Escape Roots. I was not familiar with her. She, I saw her with uh, Sufjan way back in 2011. She was at the Celebrate Brooklyn when hmm. I saw him in, in New York. She's got like a Florence and Machine Very vibe. beautiful, yeah. She is. She doesn't... She's before all them, more like a, I think her, Regina Spector, all of oh, them yeah, yeah. Uh, were uh, Joanna Newsome. Like okay. that was definitely yep. that era. And then like a little bit younger too, and younger, like before St. Vincent as well. And St. Vincent was part of Sufjan's uh, orbit as well. Um, Soaker Fire, we talked about him last week. Fourth time for Fire Escapes, one of my favorite songs by them. Hank Williams for the seventh time. I'll never get out of this world alive. That song's on a fallout, right? I, I don't know. I've heard this song in like a like a million times kind of way, so it's, I think it's got to be it is a fallout. It's a big song. I don't know. I mean, it's probably been covered a lot too um, by other people, but I'm not sure. Joan Baez for the sixth time, Drifters Escape, and Fastball for the second time with Fire Escape. Now this, that was a what? Say what you're gonna say. I I I when I I didn't think I really wanted to listen to the song, and I was like, but, "What album is this on?" Popped into it immediately. Saw that the first song on that record was. The gold song, the all the is paved with gold. So oh, I was like, the people said the road that they walk yes, on is paved in gold. gold, and it's always summer. It never gets cold. Yep. On the, the highway, happier there today. today. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, I want to listen to that song. And I was like, no, not allowed to do that. So then I listened <laughs> to this song. And this song is like, I do know it. Yes. Do you know why you know it? I don't know why. It's I know on it. an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Shit. Do you know what episode? If you had to guess. Fire Escape. Give me a season. I'm just going to play it. Ooh. This is your thinking music. Heavy I will Wilberry's tell you, vibe. I, Heavy Wilberry's vibe. Really? Right off the bat. Huh. I will tell you it's during a montage scene. People are getting ready for something. Uh, We're glossing over scenes of our friends doing things they're getting ready for. And one of our enemies, actually multiple of our enemies, getting ready for something. Not Glory? No, no, no. Earlier. Oh, my God. Faith? Although she's not in this episode. I I don't even know if I could guess. Does the fire escape have anything to do with it? Absolutely not. No. It was just an album that came out. We def. I mean. Oh. It is from season three's Homecoming, Slayer Fest, 98. Oh, never would have guessed that in a million So years. that song plays while they're going through the demons getting ready to kill sure, the Slayers sure. and for them putting on their dresses and stuff. Oh, my for God. Yeah, that never, never would dance. have tracked my mind. That is season three. Three, okay. like episode five. So yeah, that's super early. That's a long time ago, Kelly. That was like four years ago. How Why dare, do I know how dare you make me remember songs <laughs> from four years ago? Rude. Hey. Hi. How are you? You good? You look good. Anything new? Hey, did I mention you look good? 
Uh, anyways, that song was good. I obviously I've heard it before, yes. but I still want to listen it's to so the way. It's so nineties. I love it's it. It's so nineties. It's just that. It's Wilberries. That little jingle right there, that is absolutely the Wilberries. Uh, welcome to the playlist for the first time. A couple unfortunate, well, just one unfortunate. One unfortunate, and you know what it is. It's Puddle of Mud, baby. Drift or die. Drift and die. Okay, so. It sorry. was great to hear Drift right? and die. Okay, so I, it's so much, it's better to hear that one than the one that's like the big one. Yeah, the big she one. fucking hates me or whatever. She it's not even that one. It's not me. even that one. It's not. No, no. Oh, Blurry, the, the sad one. Blurry. Yeah, there we go. Oh my God, wow. I absolutely listened to this album a billion times when I was 13, whenever it came out. Because what 13-year-old boy did not listen to this album? All of them did. So, including me. So, (laughs) (laughs) remember how at the beginning of this year, I think I was like, let me go back to the first seven albums I ever had. And then I like went over to the long... This one didn't make the cut, and Mm. that's bullshit, because I didn't even think about it. So, between... I guess like shortly after moving to Colorado, I got arrested for something I don't remember. She was. I had to be shoplifting. It's always shoplifting. It's that or pot or both sometimes. Anyway, and part of my thing was I had to do community service, so I had to vacuum the high school for like two hours a night or whatever. Wow. And there were a couple of albums that I always listened to when I was vacuuming. I was like, oh shit, I need to make that playlist. But it would be Three Doors Down, uh, Destiny's Child Survivor, uh, and this album for sure. Wow. What a weird mix. <laughs> I know. Very 2001, though. It was very inspirational to uh, vacuum the floor, too. Let me tell you. You got those, you know, have you ever seen those vacuum backpacks? Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Yep. That was the And that's video. you just, mm-hmm. I'm a survivor I'm yeah. like, or independent woman or whatever's on the Destiny's Child. I mean, survivor's definitely on survivor. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, independent Is woman? Jelly? I don't think you read. Oh, my God. It's got to be. They only had like three Bootylicious. That's the name of that. Bootylicious. Wow. That's. That's a callback. Anyways, the Puddle of Mud. So you rocked the Puddle of Mud. Yes. I have not listened to it in a long time. Me either. Oh, um, my God, yeah. But that was really fun to hear. Mm-hmm. That guy, isn't he like a nightmare? I don't oh, know Oh, yeah. Well, he, uh, poor whatever his name is. Uh yeah, we know a... somebody that went on like a tour with him or something? Oh, yeah, Kendra. What is this Oh, my thing? God, Kendra. He played. They played. Yeah. At that the Twilight Zone or whatever, the terrible, terrible venue that's in that strip mall. I don't know. You, didn't you go? Oh, oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah. It's I, I like that venue. I mean, if you're talking about the one I'm talking, where it's like the upstairs, you got an upstairs nope. up there. Yeah, no, yeah that's different. Than, that's nope. where I went. Yeah, no, this is yeah. awful. It was anyway. like in a bar, but th- that one was cool. But Apparently, at one point, Mike's band played with Puddle of Mud mm. in that venue. Mm. Not played with them, but played and then pl- yeah. Of Blood, yeah, and they all hung out after yeah, sure. and did cocaine. Good because you would. Mm. Wes Scantlin. Wow, wow, why is that in my brain? Why do I know that guy's name? Wes Scantlin. Anyway, there's a video of him trying to sing a Nirvana song, and it's real bad. Anyway. But, I mean, just nobody thinks about them again. It's everybody who listens to Puddle of Mud now is like, oh, shit, I was young once. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and I kind of like had a standoffish opinion about them before, and I still do. Okay, well, that's good to know. Like, that's all there is to say. I mean, I was definitely too cool for a puddle of mud. Oh, yeah. Of course I was too, be. like, yeah. But you're nah. also, you're older than me, and I think that makes mm, a difference. Yeah. And I was just a punk. I just couldn't, yes. I could not get behind that type of music. Um, although I do know it, and I have listened to it. You better believe. <laughs> uh, but back then it was harder. You know, you had to buy the shit. I wasn't going to yeah. buy a puddle of mud. Clearly, um, I did. Or I stole yeah. it. Probably stole it, I mean, considering I, stole I had, was doing community service for stealing stuff. Well, there you go. That's true. <laughs> and that's probably the way to go. Uh, yeah, so Puddle of Mud, I, you know, unfortunately, it's like Limp Bizkit and all of them. They have to be on here. They just have to. I'm They're sure we'll get blurry out. someday. Uh, although, the rest of it was really good. Um, Benji Lewis, Drift, was really great. I enjoyed that a lot. You did Drift, Hearse, S, Cape, 
Drift Hearse Escape. Sure did. And that's Benji Lewis, which was good. Um, Menace O-B-E-Z. That song was really good. It nine had like, like a 90 listeners. Pickup. Nine monthly listeners from for them. It was good. Yeah. I liked it. I thought it was going to be a more famous person. It was nine. Unfortunately, like, oh, there is like 20 seconds of silence at the end of the track, oh, which fucks it up when you're listening to it at a playlist. But- Song was great. I was not anticipating a '90s hip hop, and you know I am a sucker for '90s yeah. hip hop. Well, if, if that 20 seconds is well rewarded for yourness out of Japan. The next band that is become awesome. a new thing that we do Fucking is put a Japanese song. We, on. I know, which I appreciated. Math rock, like going for it. Great. Yeah. I really enjoyed that a lot. Uh, S, and then uh, equally as great, Callan Red Cape. Nice Excellent. Chill. Very chill. Very nice. And then that leads into, yeah, the, the next new one, which is Sundowner. Um, we Drift Eternal. Sundowner, of course, he is the lead singer, Chris, from the Lawrence Arms, and he lives here in Portland. Uh, Kelly, we are also people in the world of America, the country we're from, mm. this week or so. What have you, what have, what have we been doing now that I've been out here hanging out this summer? Uh, what have you been doing? What have, what have we done? Well, you turned 35. Hello. Not to put you on blast. Doxed. Doxed. <laughs> so that's exciting. Made it through another I year. I don't know about exciting, but it's something. Super exciting. Oh. We had a great weekend. We had one of the best weekends mm. ever. You know, starting off with an amazing concert, uh, the Post Rock Festival that was at the fucking only venue we can go to anymore, High Watermark. High but Watermark. I was grateful for it. For once, the this I don't know if just because it was a style of music, but the sound wasn't so overbearing, even though I it did still wear some earplugs because I value my hearing. But yep. uh, fantastic. I was blown away. I've not heard a lineup of bands that I've never listened to, except for 9.40 p.m. I did go because I wanted to listen to 9.40 right. p.m., who I saw a couple months ago. Um, but every... Every band was every band was excellent, fantastic, and uh, varied. They were all just different. Mm-hmm. They were all unique. I can still now a week beyond see them all in my head. Yeah, individually. I mean, it started amazingly with a band called Heirloom that was very like tappy um, guitar stuff. Minus kind of like the bear, a mix. Yeah, like, like a minus the... the bear kind of hop along vibe. Very uh-huh. cool. Uh, Honeybender, which was another uh, oh, more yeah. mathy. Um, a it was just a little bit of singing. Got it. Though. Yes, the drummer, the drummer was was going nuts. stacked. Yeah. yeah. And then we got into 9.40 p.m., which was great. I mean, they're they another like, shoegaze band. Yeah. And then a band that I've never heard of, Gazelles. Gazelle. Oh, my God. Fucking amazing. Like, if you want a soundtrack. Now, there, I think, I mean, 9.40 p.m. sings a little bit. Honeybender sings a little bit. bit. Heirloom yeah. sings a little bit. But Gazelles, no singing. There's a, a beautiful violin. It's a little mathy, but it's like, it's so epic. It's so cinematic. If you want to feel like you are riding on a horse and shooting at orcs. <laughs> Go listen to Gazelles. Nice. It is seven curses extended amazing. universe band. <laughs> and what was the last band? Uh, the last band was uh, Coastlands, which oh, also yeah. they, they were really good, but they, they were, were like a little bit more subdued than Gazelles. Gazelles, I think, should have shut it down because they were definitely more like upbeat. Yeah. Um, but I have got to say, I went back and listened. I put them all on a playlist because oh, like, nice, I'm going to nice. listen to all these bands now because they're fucking amazing. It was actually a two day festival, and we could only go to the first night, which I'll tell you why in a second. Yeah. But so we did not get to see a Collective Subconscious. Which I've already like yeah, I've already seen, seen them. them, but that was kind of the, one of the reasons I wanted to go too. And there was a four other bands that I put on the playlist that I can't remember the name of, but I'm gonna listen to all of them anyway. Listen, yeah. uh, Gazelles is fucking amazing. Yes. They have two albums on Spotify. You can listen to them right now. There's no one new around you from 2017, and True Meridian from 2020. The song on 
there's no one new around you how moral they were is like the last song on the the album and i think it typifies their sound so okay. if you only want to pop in for one all their songs are pretty long too they're yeah. all gonna you know it's post rock so so yeah they're gonna be longer but i would say listen to that one and coastlands is so good they have like six albums on spotify oh, wow. It's a lot more droney, like so. It, they definitely yeah, hold oh, a yeah. moment, and it's a little more sparse. Right, but holy shit! Like, yeah, I made good. a playlist a long time ago called "Content Floating Melancholy," trying to capture the idea of like you're in this moment forever, and you're kind of sad, yeah. but it just feels so good, and it just like stretches on forever. Yeah. They are like that in a band, nice. and it's just so good. So I would say listen to any other stuff. They have an album called "Milieu Archives 2, and the last two songs, "Flora and Fauna," and "Lest I Yearn," colon "Influx." fucking fantastic just okay. listen to those and just be I, sad but content, content. just float away i definitely need fucking to fantastic. put them all on a playlist yeah, yeah i didn't even think to really, really do good that stuff. kind of forgot you could do that but that was just friday that was just friday and saturday we got to see the inimitable oh, the great. fantastic the wonderful alien tommy wiseau yes uh the do room. a little q a yeah. in before a viewing of the room if at Cinema you've never seen the room we've definitely we, we talked about oh we, yes I didn't think I could laugh harder at the room because Funniest it's thing. you know you've seen it a bunch of times and it's just like whatever but seeing it live with everybody especially with the preamble of uh, with Tommy Wiseau it's just like he's just selling underwear so good. he just got all these dudes to line up and, and take their pants take off. their pants off and then just shouted at his assistant to give them all like a little Belts piece of merch or wallets or hats whatever or and they were like three pieces too low and he couldn't pay attention to anything else because he needed it was so funny and the crowd was just on i was in stitches it was so funny i just the second time i've 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 done that and second time i've seen tommy and that was awesome so yeah if you ever get a chance to go see tommy my so live it might be more of a west coast thing than than everywhere else just because i think it is yeah i mean definitely la they do i mean i try like they do at the clinton with barky horror they just do that all the time so if you but if he's ever in like new york or i don't know anywhere it's worth the see it's worth a shot yeah yeah it's just he incredible. will be there for 15 minutes and then he will leave and you will and it not is see worth him, it. but it is fucking worth it I tell you that every second yes and then Sunday we finally Long went last after years. three years three years in the making we bought these tickets in like the beginning of 2019 yeah, yeah that's like so. so long yeah so we long finally got to see my dad wrote a porno in Seattle best one of the best podcasts we've talked about it every time they've come back and again, I just said to you, it should be illegal to laugh this much, <laughs> or it should be at least like health effects. Like I <laughs> it is unhealthy laughed to laugh so much. much. Yeah. And we were so close. We were like in the third row. You could actually see, the, I could see all their faces. See them all. See their faces. Best friends. Yeah. It was amazing. So my dad wrote a porno. If you've never listened to that, oh, give, yeah. it a, give it a go. Of course. They won't be back for a long time. No. If ever. I mean, it's And they only be... went to five cities this time, like in North America. In North America, yeah. yeah. So... So maybe I mean I assume if they ever go off the air they'll probably do a big like final tour. I I, I don't think this is the last time they'll we'll see them or do a, an episode with them by any means, but it could be one of the last. Yeah. You know, so. But that was a fantastic weekend. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it. Yeah, it was amazing. That's it. that's what I've been. Oh doing. yeah, but no, you've that's... also been doing that. So that's true. That's true. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll just add on top of that just a couple of records. I did. I continued to go on my. Um, my hip hop source. Oh, right, your um, banks. And I listened to Equipment Eye. The Bl- I feel like I talked to you about this, but I don't think I've brought this to the podcast. But I listened to Equipment Eye, Stillmatic by Nas. Mm-hmm. Not as good as Illmatic, not even close. So I don't know what all that's about. That's probably the most controversial, as far as I can tell. Straight five mic is Stillmatic. People don't see it that way. Jay Z, The Blueprint, uh, and then I uh, Scarface, The Fix, and then finally I listened to uh, Paramore uh, just because we've been talking about Paramore. Oh, sure. So I went back and did um, all, all We Know Is Falling That's and the one. and Riot. Yeah. Um, 
I guess those are the two that are the Those two. are the two. Yeah. And that's it. That's my life. And I went to all of those things that Kelly said before, obviously. <laughs> but that's my... Also, I did that. And that's, I turned 35. That's everything. And oh, yes. Something. And you yes. got your free beer. I got free beer at Rogue, part of Rogue Nation. If you come out to Portland, I'm go to Rogue. I'm a sovereign citizen, as I'm, you've said multiple oh, times. Oh, God, I keep saying sovereign citizen. I'm a sovereign citizen. I'll arrest you. Can you uh, no, you're not allowed to arrest people as a sovereign citizen. But you can't be arrested. Okay. You can be. You will be arrested. <laughs> you, you can't be. You, you will, you will be. absolutely be arrested. But I love those videos where they're just like, oh, I'm a sovereign citizen. citizen. No, don't. Don't break my window. Don't break. <laughs> Grab the fucking steering wheel. Tear them out of their car. I love it so much. Love it so much. <laughs> but I will say, if I ever got into that situation, I would be like, I'm a member of Rogue Nation. Rogue Nation. I'm a sovereign citizen. No, no, I wouldn't say Rogue Nation. Oh, yeah, sorry. Rogue Nation. I can't. Rogue Nation. Right. That holds more weight than a sovereign citizen, I'll tell you that. Right, right, right. All right, Kelly, we're going to pick next week's song right. based on words. Right. Oh, do you need this and I need to not look? We can do that. Uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, that's what I did before, right? right? I forgot. I was like, how did we do this? Okay. Well, it's just not, it's very inelegant on this guy. Okay. All right, Kelly, you are going to choose five random words, and mm-hmm. we're going to search it in my Bob Dylan lyrics database. Right. That is perfect, impeccable, and is 100% correct. Accuracy. What is the first word? Gesture. Why did I have to yell? No. What about industry? Oh. Industry. Sundown on the union. <laughs> Sundown on the industry. Uh, no, no industry. Goddamn. Uh, metal, uh, as in like a gold medal. Oh, metal. No, yeah. like to mess with. Two medals. Okay. We'll keep that in mind. Okay. Undertake. Under. He's got to have a song with an undertaker. I think I know for sure he has a song with he an undertaker. He does. We listened to episode two. Uh, I'm going to be your... Oh, with the baseball bat, right? No. The teddy bear song? Isn't there a teddy bear song? Did there I is. That's our that? first song. That's our um, Honest With Me. Wow, you remember randomly. Are you kidding me? I can't like open up a new tab by clicking the middle of this mouse? Nope. What is wrong with your mouse? got to hold control. <sighs> uh, I Want to Be Your Lover. That is your Undertaker song, Kelly. That was episode two. Wow. But there is no other Undertaker. Damn. All right, last word is report. Okay, we're going to do all three of the songs because there's only three. Gotcha. There's one report. So I'm going to give you the report. Okay. Every new messenger brings evil report. Ooh. Okay. The first medal is do what the captain says. Lots of medals you will get. Okay. And then the final one, we're going to count this one, but um, with your holy medallion, which your fingertips fold. I mean, I'm most intrigued by the last one just because as a cleric... Holy medallions are. Oh, hey, there you go. <laughs> hey, we did play D and D also, yeah, we so there D&D. you go. It has been a learning experience. I'm having a lot of fun. I'm the DM, just so everyone knows, yes. and it is oh, stressful but fun. It is fun. Um, I don't know, every new messenger brings evil report. I don't know. Yeah, I think I gotta go with the last one with your holy medallion okay. with your fingertips hold. Just because he's saying fold and not hold, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? Well, we are going to go back to 1966. We're going back to. Blonde on Blonde, we are going to the end of Blonde on Blonde. We are going to the final song, the 14-minute Sad-Eyed Lady of the Lowlands. Oh, hey, you've talked about that forever. With Sarah. So okay. we're going to talk about Sarah. We're going to talk about Writing her. Sad-Eyed uh, Lady of the Lowlands for you. Well, yes, and that's we will talk about all that. So we've been, yeah, kind of going on like Sue's train, and now we can go on 
Oh, Susie Train. Sorry, I'm Susie Train. I'm trying to <laughs> train myself. Uh, we went on that, and now we can do a little Sarah talk. Because, um, yeah, we're at the Chelsea Hotel, right? So we, we'll talk about that. This is the end of Blonde on Blonde. This is the end of an era, really, for him. Um, he gets hitched to her, and they run off, and they go to the woods, and they make the band and they do the song we just heard you know i mean they make jacob dylan they do make jacob dylan they do make (laughs) they make all the kids jacob's not the first uh jesse is i think first oh no he has a son named jesse yeah you don't you don't know he's got all the kids (laughs) did you know all right well we'll, i'll see you next week for bye bye well, that's a it's a mouthful. Try to say it. Sad-eyed lady of the lowlands. See you next week for sad-eyed lady of the lowlands. Bye. That's pretty good. All right, bye. <laughs>